Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you, Regina. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, wherever you are across the globe, join us today. We have hundreds of marketers tuning into these calls every other week where we look at key discoveries coming through our labs, our research. Uh, we want to ask, really, we have one mantra, one question here at Marketing Experiments. We want to discover what is working in online marketing. We don't want best practices. We don't want suggestions. We don't want marketing intuition. We want to get the best ideas on the table, and then we want to test. Now, we have a very interesting web clinic topic for you today. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different than our previous clinics where we just kind of focus on one test or a series of tests and, and, and pull out the key discoveries we're making. We're actually going to look back over the past quarter at key discoveries we've kind of already talked about on this clinic, and we're going to ask the question, not only did what we dis- not only uh, what did we discover, but how can we begin applying discoveries to our pages? Now, uh, many of you who join these web clinics, you know we try to do some live optimization during our weekly uh, webinars, web clinics, but oftentimes our time is, is limited, it's cut short, and, uh, and honestly, by simply asking you guys the other day, we asked, would you find it valuable to do a, a clinic dedicated to live optimization, dedicated to taking these principles and applying them to your pages? And almost immediately, with overwhelming response, you guys said yes. So this clinic is a, is a response to your, uh, your request, your, uh, in some sense, demand for live optimization. And it's going to be a fun time. We're actually going to be pulling up audience pages, looking, them, looking at them on the fly, applying key principles that we've had discovered over the past quarter. So we're going to be looking at a test right away. I left you off with a test, but before I get there, just want to make you aware of a couple things. These clinics, if you've never attended them before, uh, are meant to be highly interactive. I don't just want, I'm in, a, I'm in a green screen room right here. I've got a, I've got a panel uh, sitting next to me. I'll introduce you to them in a moment. But I don't want this to be a one-way studio presentation to you. What I want this is to be, what we want this to be is a dialogue with you. We want to get your thoughts, get your comments. I'm going to be asking you questions throughout this webinar. Uh, we're going to get you to be thinking about pages, how to improve them, etc. The way you can inter- interact with us is twofold. Number one, as Regina mentioned in the introduction, you can use GoToWebinars. Uh, I believe it is their question and answer feature there. In fact, you might just want to go and test it out right now. Just look at it. See if you can get the question and answer feature to work. Get those fingers ready. Uh, get used to it. Get familiar with it because that will probably be one of the uh, most effective ways to send your feedback to us. Also, we'll be using hashtag WebClinic for a kind of public dialogue conversation around the principles. I've got, I've got that up on the screen. I've got the GoToWebinar uh, comments coming up on the screen. And so both of those ways can be uh, really how you can interact with us. One thing you should know is if I make reference to other research or other content, uh, you'll be able to find those links uh, immediately through hashtag WebClinic. So that's how you can interact with us. That's how we're going to interact with you. As I mentioned earlier, I am in a green room studio. I've got lots of people surrounding me today, more than usual. I've got you know the studio uh, AV people, got the cameramen, got the stagehands, uh, all standing by. But I also have this excellent panel of uh, analysts with me today. We're going to be looking at your pages. And, and, and uh, these guys here, they, and it's Taylor, it's Lauren, it's John. Some of you guys have recognized them. Some of them, they've been on previous web clinics. These guys spend their days, day in and day out, optimizing pages, looking at campaigns, improving campaigns. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to, and, and honestly, we've done some prep work here. We've pulled up your pages. We've looked at them. We've kind of done a little bit of a conversion index analysis on their pages, and they're standing by ready to just kind of be let loose on giving you feedback on how you can actually improve your pages. So we're going to get there in a moment. Before we do that, I left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger last web clinic uh, with a particular experiment. I want to pull that up for those of you who are, are still interested and want to know the result of this test. We were working with a well-known financial consultancy. If I dropped their name, you would immediately know who they are. Ultimately, though, their desire here, like many people on the line, 
uh, was to get the customer to respond and making an appointment. So we're trying to drive people, honestly, from online to offline. And so we created a test, and here was the first treatment, treatment A. I want you to look at this page, okay? Because treatment A and treatment B are going to be radically different, so take a look at this page. Version A features a strategy that is fundamentally based on expertise, all right? What we're looking at, what I mean by that is, is we're looking at, okay, what kind of angle should we take with this product? What feature, what benefit, what aspect of this product, this service should we focus on? And this first one we focused on the expertise of the people who would be serving. You can see it here. It's related to tax preparation. Look at this page. Don't just look at the messaging because the messaging is, is, is a key factor. Also look at the design, look at the layout because the next page I'm going to show you is a radical approach. So this page, look at it, audience. They were focusing on expertise. Now let me show you version B. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to vote. Version B, this version shifts the strategy completely from focusing on expertise to focusing on the convenience of office locations. Remember, we're trying to drive people from online to offline. So what's going to motivate them more? Is it going to be the expertise that, we, that, that kind of draw them to us or is it going to be the fact that we're close by, we're a convenient location? And you can see this page is fully dedicated. The most heavy image on this page is the locations of the office near them. So look at these two pages side by side and ask yourself, what's going to drive more response? Focusing on the overall expertise of the organization, of the people who are serving, or focusing on the fact that this place is close to them, it's a convenient location, it's easy to go to. So look at those two. I see some responses coming in. A, oh, so <laughs> uh, Parish says definitely not A, so the vote is definitely not A. Okay, that's pretty harsh. I see a lot of Bs. B, 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 B. I see Peter there voted for A. Lots and lots of Bs. Just a, just a handful of A's. Let me just say this, and I say this often on these calls, because many of us in the marketing world, we, we're not just working by ourselves, we're working with a team, and we often find ourselves in these situations where we wonder, should we focus on expertise or should we focus on convenience? And intuition alone is not enough to get us there. As we can see from the line, I've got lots of people voting for B, I've got quite a few people voting for A. There's an even split. I don't know if you've been in situations like that before where you're debating, you're discussing, and you can't come to a conclusion. Normally what happens in those situations is the highest uh, paid person or the most influential person in the room makes the decision. And uh, you know, whether it's the best decision or not, what we see often is a bad decision is made based on intuition just because someone is influential and many millions of dollars are being left on the table. And so we want to advocate, even in this little test, as we say, you know what, you don't have to rely simply on marketing intuition. You can test. You can discover what works. And so, again, I see your vote still coming in. I actually see a little bit of a, a debate happening through the comments. Very exciting. Good stuff going on. Do you want to know the winner? Version A, expertise. Version B, convenience. The winner of this experiment for this company, actually, interestingly enough, even though most of you voted for B, the winner was expertise and strategy. Now, we, you know, we can argue here in the lab often, you know, A increases friction with the layout in some sense. But even with that, the focusing on expertise, the tapping into that primary piece actually generated more response. It generated a big response. So I want you to think about that for a moment. <laughs> Parish is in denial. She's saying it can't be A, it can't be expertise, it has to be convenience. That is so funny. Honestly, oftentimes we're left in that situation. And here's, here's the point, here's the discovery for this experiment, okay? And it's a key piece. Listen, form is not as important as substance. Discovering that which is your value proposition, discovering the value proposition underneath all the form, underneath all the design, even all the copy and the language you're using, discovering that which taps most into the motivations, taps most into the appeal and the relevance and the importance to your customer, that is, as the marketer, it is still the most effective lever that you can pull on in your campaigns. Don't settle for just tweaking designs. So we're going to give you feedback today, and we're probably going to probably do some things where we're looking at the form. 
We're going to be looking at design, changing colors of buttons and, and laying out pages differently. But if you really want to make an impact, here's the point. Here's the point of this test. They generated a 232% increase in response by changing the angle, the focus of the experiment. Here's the point. We teach it in our course. You can see the heuristic on the screen right here. C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2I minus F minus 2A. The point of this experiment is this. That element in the heuristic that has the greatest coefficient, and I'll say the second greatest coefficient. I'll explain why in a moment. But the 3V there, it has, a, it has the greatest potential for you as a marketer in terms of improving your campaign. 4M stands for motivation. I don't want to, be, I don't want to get caught into trying to explain this heuristic completely. Uh, some of you may be confused. I know I have people who have taken our course on the line. You're f- super familiar with this. Uh, 4M stands for motivation. It is the highest factor uh, impacting the probability of conversion in your page. But oftentimes, it's marked as we have very, very little control over motivation. Oftentimes, we have to, we're just dealing with the motivation as it comes to us. It, is the, it, is, it does have the highest impact to conversion, but it's often the least we can control. But value proposition has the highest impact. It's the highest impacting element that we can actually control. It's actually a lever we can pull. And so that's the point in the discovery of uh, that test. And what we want to do today, and I'm I'm going through it fast. You guys feel free to tell me to slow down if I need to slow down or or if you you guys want me to speed up. You guys optimize me as I'm presenting this. But what we want to do here is we want to say, okay, that was our discovery. That was great. It's actually, you know, changes the way we think of things. But let's get tactical. Let's actually look at pages. And I want to pull in the discoveries we've made over the past quarter. So we've been doing this over the, you know, in Q1, we've looked at several experiments, several tests, both positive tests, both negative tests, both tests that had no difference. And we've been drawing insights about strategy, about customer behavior uh, from each of these. So we're making these discoveries. And so what I want to do is I want to ask them, how do we apply them to the pages? Some of you have been on these calls, some of you have not. But we've done things like, for instance, in January, we looked at responsive design. This was... This was a very interesting clinic. It got lots and lots of response. In fact, it generated a little bit of a swell of debate because the results were pretty shocking because we actually took a, a campaign that was originally unresponsive in its design. You can see the way it looked like on the actual pages. Uh, I'm sorry, on the, on the uh, mobile devices. Sorry about that. On the mobile devices. And you can see we took that page and we de- designed it, kept the copy the same, kept everything the same. We just designed it so that it would be responsive. And believe it or not, the response for that was no difference. That was a shocker because responsive design is a hot topic today. People are investing a lot of money in it. Um, There were people on the line who uh, their whole business is depending on responsive design. Now, the point in the discovery of that clinic was not that the responsive design is a waste of time, but it was simply this. Responsive design. And here's the discovery, okay? We're going to apply this to our page in a moment. Responsive design is only as effective as the degree of change it affects in the mind of the customer. And we looked and we saw in our experiments, because this was just one little sliver of an overall uh, series of experiments, and we, we came to the conclusion and to the discovery that basically two levels of change responsive design can have. And really the degree to which it impacts those things, that's the degree to which responsive design is actually effective. So the first one would be friction. This is, again, connected to the conversion heuristic that I showed a moment ago. How much will the responsive design actually decrease perceived effort? And then anxiety. How much will it actually decrease the perceived concern? And in that case, in the test that we looked at just a moment ago, uh, it was responsive design, but it did not make a big impact on the friction or the anxiety. Both were major issues in the campaign. Now, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into that experiment. I know I've probably generated a lot of curiosity, a lot of response. I'll go back one slide. You can go find that experiment here at this URL. Uh, it will be tweeted through the, uh, the, the, the uh, social uh, sphere, whatever you call it. It will be on Twitter, hashtag Web Clinic. Thank you, Paul. Uh, but it'll be in our social realm there. We'll be tweeted through there. You can click straight to it, or if you want to, you can just type it in right now. I'm going to go to the next one. So we looked at mobile design, responsive design. 
<laughs> I see debate actually happening right now. Uh, if you want to go on Techly, you can watch that clinic. Uh, you can see a lot of the details. You can look at actually all the, uh, the all the because we didn't just test mobile. Uh, we, we tested um, tablets and, and the desktop and everything. And actually, overall, it was uh, it was a pretty interesting experiment. The other thing we just looked at was page columns. Oh, a question we get often: How many columns should I use? And we had a page versus a page, and in this case. And I'm not sure if you can see it on the screen right now. There may be a slight lag on your screen. I can see it. But in this case, going from a two-column to a one-column layout, we generated a 681% increase in conversion. You can see the URL right there. Here's the discovery because that was just one test. We did a meta-analysis of columns versus, and we, we looked at all of our experiments going back a decade, and we pulled these principles from it. The number of columns ideal for a web page all depends on where the customer is in the mental process. It's more than just uh, the physical process, where they are in the mental process, how they're thinking. And as a marketer, the more you know, the more focused you can be, which means the more simple your pages can be, which means the less columns. So the more you know about the customer, the more you should focus on that desire. Versus the other way, the less you know about the visitors. For instance, if someone coming to your homepage and you know very, you may have different types of visitors. You don't know what kind they are. And those situations, uh, and we see this, going from one column to three columns can actually improve conversion whenever you're using it to help direct and help uh, enable the prospect to self-select. Again, if you want to see more about that clinic, you can go to the URL right there, mechlabs slash page columns. Now I'm going to burn through this. Again, one of the most interesting uh, clinics we had, probably one of the most popularly uh, or most attended clinics we had was around email messaging. And we had a really small change here on this page. We just look at changing two words. And the two words, going from shop now to view details, generated a 13% increase in uh, conversion rate. And the discovery that we made there, for those of you who are on that clinic, for those of you who are not, is this. And this is something that we will be able to apply to our pages in just a moment. We must ensure that our calls to action are not asking for too much. This is a common theme we see in our experimentation. This is a common error that we're probably going to see on the pages coming up in just a moment. So log that in your mind. And as we're looking at the pages, and you know, I encourage you right now, you might just, you know, you may have our webinar screen on half of your browser or half of your window, your computer screen, and, and might pull up one of your pages on the other half so that we're not just talking about other people's pages. You can begin applying it to your own Here's another experiment we looked at. This was in March. Radio buttons versus drop-downs. And this experiment, we saw that actually making it a drop-down, which in some sense arguably reduces friction, decreased conversion by 8%, by 9% if you round it up. And here's the principle. In our attempts to minimize friction through drop-downs, we actually undermine the conversion rate in potentially two different ways. Number one, we may have actually intensified the difficulty-oriented friction. So yeah, maybe we shortened the length, but we actually uh, intensified the difficulty of having to go through and look and sort and sift. We also eliminated necessary uh, communication of the value. In the end, increasing conversion is less about technique. There's a lot of people on this call that need to hear this right now. It's less about technique. We're going to be giving you techniques today, but don't let that mask this point. The point is, it's more about understanding what's going on in the mind of the customer. I tell you right now, the optimizers that are standing by on this panel, the way they approach these pages is they said to themselves, what is the customer thinking? What is going on in their mind? Where is the, where is the friction? Where is the uh, value not being expressed? And they're not doing it just from looking at the page. They're thinking about the customer as they experience the page. That's, as, that's how you have to do it as a marketer. I, get, I can get stranded there talking about that for a while. Let's move on. I just have uh, really just two more experiments to review, two more discoveries that you need to know to prepare us for live optimization. We had this interesting call to action clinic. You guys voted on it. Uh, no one really got this right, but ultimately at the end of the day, we saw a 12% increase in click-through on the Get Started Now. We looked at not only the, that set of calls to action, but we looked at a series, lots and lots of calls to action, and we pulled really a meta-analysis that led us to five key principles. And I'm just going to show them on the screen right now. The principle of alignment, the principle of timing, 
absorption, negation, and redundancy. We taught all these to you. We're looking at calls to action. I want you to remember these and pull them into the live optimization as we go. And finally, the most recent one, we did this last week. We looked at actually a voicemail script. You can go back and look at this clinic. I'm not going to read these to you, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we saw a 31% increase in response by just changing the, really the order of that script. The script didn't change that much. We really focused on just rearranging it slightly and saw a 31% increase. And it really pointed to this conclusion, this test along with many others. The goal of marketing, and particularly if you're doing lead nurturing, which I know some of you on the line are, the goal of marketing is not so much to make a claim, but it is to foster a conclusion. And you do that in three ways. Number one, you anchor the message to the context. Remember that. We're going to be looking at pages. We're going to ask ourselves, is this page, is it providing enough context or is it disorienting? Is it shocking? Connecting the value proposition to the prospect. We're going to look at not only company-level value propositions, but prospect-level value propositions. How are we tapping into those prospect value propositions? And finally, aligning the argument to the ask. We saw that in the email example earlier, and we saw it in this test here. So I have gone through all the slides. Hopefully, this was helpful. You guys let me know uh, what I'm going to do right now. And you guys, let me just say this. You will all get these slides. You'll go back and be able to get the links and go see. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a, a super high-level overview of the key discoveries that we've made in Q1 that we've shared with you to the audience. So just an overview of that, just reminding you of this. You will get the slides the other web clinics are already up. You can review them. You can watch them. They go in much more detail. But what we wanted to do today is we wanted to save as much as possible most of the time for looking at your pages. So let's get started. I'm sorry, what was that, Paul? So your slides are slow. Okay. In terms of the audience experience? It may not be synced. Okay. We're getting a little bit of feedback from the audience. at the slip. For some of you now, it may be connected to your bandwidth. Um, in some sense, we're getting some comments about the slides may be in slow, taking some time to show. Uh, like I said, all these slides will be made available to you. In a moment, we're going to be sitting on slides for, for quite a while, so we shouldn't hopefully have that issue. Uh, if you're having, still having technical difficulties, go ahead and use your question answer feature. I have a whole team standing by monitoring AV issues, monitoring the video, monitoring the audio, so let them know the concerns you are having. All right, so I am going to pull up on this page right now. One thing I want to make you aware of before we go into live up is this. The Web Optimization 2014. This is kind of exciting. We just announced the case studies that are that are that are going to be a part of this experience. We have people from Harvard. We've got VMware, Ancestry.com, PCH.com. Uh, Publisher Clearinghouse, all these people are going to be sharing stories about how they overcame key uh, website optimization challenges. American Express is going to be there. So if you haven't seen that, you can go look at the agenda, marketingexperience.com slash agenda. would love to see you there. We're doing this in partnership with, uh, with our sister company, Marketing Sherpa. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. We're going to be in New York, actually in the Times uh, Center uh, arena there. We're going to be speaking on stage. Um, it's going to be pretty exciting. So check that out if you haven't seen it. I am done setting up the live op. I am done reviewing the principles and the discoveries that we've made over this quarter. And now I want to shift directly into live optimization. And I have a panel here sitting beside me, Taylor, Lauren, and John Powell. Uh, and, and these guys have been queued up, looked at these pages in preparation. And we have the first page on the screen right now. And ironically, this page was submitted by another Taylor. So, awesome. Taylor, thank you for submitting this page. We're looking at Advent Resources. And their primary audience uh, are managers and above. And their objective with this page, audience, is this. To register, to get the person to register for the webinar. You can see the call to actions to the right. So, let me ask you this. Before I let, uh, before I let the panel go on this page, let me ask you this. Audience, based on what I just walked through, based on the discoveries that you've been watching come through the lab over the past quarter, what is something that you see on this page that you could change that would make a drastic response? Do you see anything? 
Maynard says, needs a value-driven headline point first or last. Good. A better call to action comes from Paul. Paul, tell me, what do you mean by a better call to action? Don't just tell me a better call to action. Tell me what you would do. How would you make the call to action better? A clear call to action. Okay, how would you make it clear? Okay, I want you guys to be specific, okay? Look at this page. Go ahead and scroll. You can see the whole page as it scrolls. Look at this page from top to bottom. So Mark says a, a single call to action. Too many ad cart choices. Different colored buttons. Let me ask you this. Look at the copy. What, so you guys are focusing on the button. What might you do to this copy? What about the headline? What about the testimonials to the right? Look at this. All right. Feedback is coming in. Audience, you're doing a great job. Great feedback. Um, what I want to do is I want to ask Lauren... Lauren, when you look at this page, where do you see, based on our discoveries from Q1, where do you see the most uh, opportunity for this page? Uh, I think the audience hit a lot of it right on the head was talking about the value copy and the order of that and also those options on the side. So at first when you come to this page, depending on where they came from, I'm not sure if they've clicked a webinar thing or something like that, but it's not immediately clear that this is a webinar. Um, it's just talking about the title of the webinar and not really a whole lot of value around it. The copy below is actu actually contains a lot of really good information, um, but it's long and it may be perceived as a little bit of friction there. Yeah, one thing I noticed about this is, you know, I found a lot of the value in those bullet points yep. on the bottom, mm -hmm. and it takes you a whole half of the page to get through copy to get to those. And I think points. also too the presenter section. She adds, the presenter has awesome credibility and her expertise and experience is extremely relevant to this topic. And it's at the very bottom of the page. So the visitor has to kind of scroll quite a ways before they get to that. And I think her expertise brings a lot of authority to why they can speak on this subject. So I would try and pull some of that, uh, those key, key points earlier up in the process. Good. Yeah, and I think a great thing to keep in mind here, too, is when we're talking about the 3B, the value proposition, and clearly explaining it is one of the most important things on the page. So with clarity, how do you explain how the webinar is going to relate the value back to the, the, the prospect? And we're looking at managers and above here. Um, that's really important to remember, and then also being able to communicate exactly what you're going to get out of it and doing that higher on the page and not saving that for the bottom. Yeah. Good. There's a bit of a... And by the way, this is all great and amazing things. They've seen this kind of stuff in tests, right? Um, but there's one thing that's even greater than that, and the entire group has kind of hinted at that. It's just, I don't immediately get that it's a webinar, but even mm -hmm. beneath all of that, let's just say that I got that. It looks like every other free right. webinar out there. And I am shocked when I see I have to pay for it. So the fact that you couldn't get me to sign up for free is one thing, but now you're asking me for $300. You didn't tell me that I'm getting credits until the bullets. You didn't tell me that I'm actually getting something that I can show somebody. And uh, so what you, you can do, just even to get that psychological difference, is completely redesign the page visually to per, kind of enhance the categorization in the customer's mind. So what I mean by that is this. Um, people see something, they assume. They see a suit, and they assume something. They see hoodie, they assume something. Right? Yep. Yep. We're full of biases. So take that page, redesign it. Show it in the form of a paid product. Show it as it is a paid product. Give it some packaging. Give it some additional... Make them think, okay, this is not an ordinary webinar. This is actually a live version of something that is usually paid for on its own. And you can do that through design elements, through form uh, elements, using the same substance. But ultimately, just looking at the page... I'm like, okay, free webinar, wait, I have to pay something? It's just gone. That's actually really mm -hmm. good. John, just make sure your microphone is on. We're getting some comments from people that they couldn't hear you speaking. So, John, I know uh, you took a lot of energy to explain that, but just I don't want the audience to miss the point. I don't want, I don't want uh, Taylor to miss the point that you're trying to make here. So could you just restate what you just said here? Yeah, in one sentence. Your audience is categorizing this in their mind as a free webinar based on its design and presentation relative to your competitors. I won't click on it even if it's free because of the issues mentioned and now I have to pay something. Redesign it in a sense that they feel like it's a paid package product that they're actually getting live. 
not a I'm getting a free web I'm getting a, a free live webinar. I'm getting a paid product and I get a chance to see it live and interact. And There's a difference. You're saying that the expectations with webinars are that they're free. Well, and just so you're saying you change even the feel of the product. You've got to change the feel, right? You see a hoodie, yep. you assume something, right? Mm-hmm. You see a suit, you assume something. You see uh, an apple, you assume something. You see a page like this, you assume free webinar, and now I don't even see the value. Change it. Make it look like a paid product. Let, make it look so- something you would pay for, and then they can process it entirely different. It's not a webinar anymore. It's a comprehensive online course, right? Amen. Uh, what about the, you know, we got a lot of comments from the audience about the calls to action, and you may have skipped over that because the audience was doing a good job, but just what do you guys see in terms of the potential here with the call to action? And, and Tara, just, we'll just keep the page up so that we can see it at all times just as we're, as we're going through this, but call to action, what do you guys so think? So I think the call to action, someone said it before, too many of them. So this is, the, it's one product pretty much, but you can kind of get it in a few different ways. You can do the live option mm-hmm. or just the recording or get both. Um, having a single call to action like register now or something like that and then asking them kind of what pieces they want later would be maybe a better way to do this. And also the first call to action is add an additional attendee when I haven't even myself signed up yet. So that that was, when I first saw that, that was a little bit confusing to me. So I would definitely try and put that after I myself have signed up. Good, good. And so just the transferable principles for you, audience, okay? Hopefully you have your page up right now, okay? Uh, two questions I have for you. To John's point, you know, John talked about what does the words you're using about your product imply, okay? Webinar implies free. Uh, is that the implication you want to make? Here's the other thing, okay? So look at what your words are implying and ask yourself, are you implying the right thing? Is there, is there some sort of associated connotation with the words uh, that you're just not seeing? Um, that's actually a really interesting point. The, the second thing is, and this is probably a simple change, how many calls to action do you have on your page right now? Do they make sense? Could you bring them to the, together? Uh, the more options you generally give your customer, the more likely they're going to uh, be confused. It's going to be, it's actually, it causes friction. It causes difficulty-oriented friction because they have to make a choice. Sometimes they have to make a choice. But when and where, uh, so your, your job as a marketer is not to give your audience or your visitors choices. It's to give them the right choice. And so simplify that as much as possible. Look at your pages and do that. So there's the transferable principles. I'm going to pull up another page. So Tara, go ahead and take us to the next live optimization page. And I believe it is from Natural Treatment for Anxiety. I think I think it's a key. key one. Let's go back once here. I believe actually we skipped one. It is, oh yes, one. this one's a very interesting one. <laughs> want to know more about tea. Let's keep the page up, Tara. Uh, as soon as you can get it full screen, go full screen with it. Uh, this is the primary audience is from, this is from Ken, and the primary audience is uh, a tea enthusiast. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is to try and get them registered for a course. So this mm-hmm. is interesting. It's very similar to the last offer in the sense that we're trying to get them to uh, really want information, want, mm-hmm. you know, content in some sense. So for, for you content people out there, let's look at this page. Now, just from, a, just from a glance, there's some things that this page is doing well, effective. Um, so likely they have attended some of these web clinics in the past and are applying some of the principles we've talked about. However, there's also still room for improvement. So, audience, before we talk about it as a panel, but I want you to think of this page. Think of what we said up to this point. How would you improve this page? Dave says, I would dump the question as the headline. Interesting idea. Dave, why would you do that? Tell me why you would do that. It needs better formatting. Too much scroll for the opt-in. That comes from Ray. Paul says, too broad. And he puts T in a question mark. Dwight says, the call to action is too far down. I want to get your opinions on that in a moment. The call to action is too far down. So look at this page. And uh, let me ask Taylor. When you look at a page like this, Taylor, what, where do you see the opportunity? So, Austin, I, you know, I see a lot of opportunity on the page right away. And while, while you might not be a big tea, tea drinker, I know Dr. McLaughlin is, right? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, we're going to come at it from that perspective. So, looking at this page initially, um, what I see is the big question I always ask is, where are people coming from? So, I cheated a little bit and I looked at the site and said, okay, where are people coming from to get to this site? And I believe it is kind of a sidebar option on the page itself already. So, people are coming in with this page with a little bit of an expectation of what to expect. So, wait, explain what you mean by sidebar 
option. Where, so where, are they coming from like a homepage? So it's an, it's an offer right? with on, within the site. Okay, so they're, it, they're like on the homepage and there's a little banner ad mm -hmm. to the site and that's where people are coming from. Exactly, and who, who knows, they could be coming up from other sources. So PPC, that's another great source um, where people get at least a little bit of information mm -hmm. about the offer before they get to the page. Yeah. So when that's the case, um, one of the, I like to get tactical. So one of the first tests I might run is if we think the audience is prepared, Let's run a test on friction. Let's see what we can do to um, get them to convert sooner because they might already have the information they need. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, looking at the form fields, looking at how that's set up, and I know I saw one of the comments earlier about that, moving that up on the page, reducing the size, I believe, horizontally, some of the form fields are huge. Let's reduce that size. Let's use a graphical element to bring some attention to that. Let's use a design flare to bring some attention to that and really is tell us which T's you prefer. Is that helpful? Does that help you in your database at all? If it's not helpful, once again, let's reduce a little friction. Let's get that field out of there. Let's concentrate on the simple ask that we have in front of us. Even the design of the form, it is a very simple form. Email, first name, and check a like check boxes. Yep. And, but mm -hmm. visually, it takes up so much space. It feels overwhelming. That it feels yep. much longer than it really is. Yeah, exactly. Let's condense that. So I've ran tests like this before. And... Um, what I've discovered with these particular things, uh, Taylor and Lauren touched on some really important things. It's just this idea that somebody is, they already know something. I read a test uh, where I did some, a page just like this against a page that had a headline and form fields. Mm -hmm. And guess which one won? The headline and the form fields. I did another one, or actually, uh, we, we as a research partner, we did another one. We did two iterations where we oversold it. We added testimonials. We did all of these quote-unquote best practices, and guess what? You know what the winning version was, test three? It was a headline and, I think, a couple bullets and the form fields and the call to action. This is one of those things. Why do you need to, st why do you need to sell so hard? on the T course. You make me suspicious. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the other thing is the uh, primary audience, they say, are T enthusiasts, mm -hmm. which to me, if I'm a T enthusiast, I already, I already know a lot about T or I have some sort of interest in T. And this seems very, very basic. If you can scroll to uh, see where it talks about. So how to make the perfect T, um, the history of T, and then there's kind of questions, or there's a free basics about T. So it's, it seems like this may be a little bit dumbed down yeah. for a T enthusiast. So we kind of want to think about who our real audience is and what they're yeah. wanting at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and Taylor, two point. I actually mm -hmm. like T as well. Okay, <laughs> that's something I learned so, something new about Austin every yeah. day. <laughs> so Ken, I'm excited about this course, but you know, the one thing that um, I'm wondering is why. And I mean, maybe the, maybe an enthusiast knows that and has that, but there's probably something like the goal is not information like what are they going right. to get from getting this information like how is it going to improve their tea time <laughs> how is it going to improve their experiences with tea mm -hmm. uh, you know Austin you honestly don't need to go into that you know what happens sometimes when you give people too much specifics is you rule them out one group might want history one group might want this if it's free mm -hmm. and they can access it now then what's keeping them from going forward other than everything you put in their way? No, that's a very good point. So it's a free product. I've so run a number of PPC tests where specificity actually hurt conversion mm. because you're actually there too early in the process and then you start eliminating people unless you want to save on money. That's a good point. So that's, that's the one thing that I would say. Don't even say enthusiast. The enthusiast wants to be the enthusiast, therefore they're going to look at every course to say that they've looked at every course. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting because we ran another test that was a free material that we added specificity and it worked. Mm -hmm. So you can obviously see here that it works sometimes, it works in others, so this is a perfect thing for you to yeah. test. Yes. Yeah, is, you know, do, how much value copy do I have, how much specificity do absolutely. I add? Because um, you can see here, we've seen mm -hmm. both perform. And I like the debate a lot that's going on here, so then there's one final thing. Why not go with best of both worlds? You have a form on top, you have a form on bottom after a lot more information. Yeah. See if that third treatment wins, right? Excellent. Excellent idea. So, you know, one small thing, Ken, uh, that, I, that I noticed, I didn't immediately right away know that was an incentive, like an additional incentive on the right side of that page when we were looking at it. To me, I thought it was actually a part of the actual course. Like, maybe the course no, was going to... I think that's the course, but there's a book in there. Okay, so that's... There's so a book I, as well. Okay, so that is the course. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are having that incentive piece, and this is worth the test, and, you know, to John's point, mm -hmm. you may not want to do too much here, but you do have an incentive that you're not leveraging. It's hidden in the copy. 
uh, could you bring an image perhaps of that book to test uh, as something that might tip that fulcrum? We talk about the fulcrum all the time. Um, but good thoughts. Uh, any other thoughts before we go? Any other final thoughts? I just want to know if Captain Picard has taken this course. You know, T or Gray. Joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's awesome. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ken, for submitting this. Hopefully, you got some helpful uh, feedback. Honestly, Ken, if you, uh, you you have a couple approaches that we've given you on this page, um, if you run any of these tests. You know, I invite you to send us the, the metrics. Yeah, we, we will, uh, free of charge, evaluate all your, you know, we'll evaluate the statistical validity of your tests, all that stuff. We'll help you look at those results because this is a very interesting uh, page. And obviously, it was somewhat of a debate even here, which, mm-hmm. is, which is always really fun because that means we get to test. So next up, I want to keep trying to move through these as fast as possible. We'll try to pick up our pace. How are we doing, audience? Are you liking this? Is this helpful? Um, How's our pace? Let us know. I'll see your feedback coming through. But here's the next one. Natural Treatment for Anxiety. It's tm.org. Let's look at this page together real quick. Scroll down. I ain't got the credibility thing going on. So scroll up. Any thoughts on this page? So my first thought on this page was a lot of information. Um, it looks like a home page, so that's understandable that you know you, you're going to have multiple objectives on a home page sometimes. It's used as a place to get someone to the right spot. So that's understandable, but I think it's just not organized very well. So I would consider putting some sort of categorization and kind of grouping these in a bit more of a logical thought sequence and try and guide people through this page um, a lot more effectively because right now it's very, very difficult for me to see what I'm supposed to do and understand kind of what this um, page is about. And especially if your primary objective is to find a meditation teacher, that's kind of hidden towards the bottom, but it's also not clear what this form is. Take the first step, which is very vague. I'm not really sure what that means, a first step to what. Uh, So putting more clarity around that and maybe putting it with some other related information um, instead of just kind of a form on the page. Mm-hmm. So I think look, talking about what Lauren's saying, it's thought sequence, thought sequence, thought sequence. Yep. It's kind of scattered all over the page right now. And another thing we have to remember here is this isn't a, you know, this isn't a free guide. This is a complex sale here. Mm-hmm. We're selling a treatment technique. So this brings to mind an old test that I've mm-hmm. seen or ran sure. in basically saying, okay, this is one of those pages where you might need a little information before they ask. But once again, that's an area we're going to test. You want to sequence the information where it makes sense and then bring that ask once you've built that up in the mind yes. and the, the visitor is then ready for it. Yeah. I think yeah. the other big thing I saw here was um, value. So as, you know, often touched on earlier, that's an ex- the most important part that we can affect. And there is there's a, a lack of value here. You see natural treatment for anxiety, the transcendental meditation technique, but that's it. It's a title. It's not a headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to add some sort of value around what is this, why should I do it. I mean, headline should answer, you know, what am I, where am I, what can I do here, mm-hmm. and why should I do it with you. So we've only answered the where am I question here. Um, so trying to build some more uh, appeal around this treatment and understanding. Yeah. Lauren and Taylor did a really good job. I mean, they leave like nothing left. <laughs> but uh, there is one thing. So. I'm guessing you have multiple customer types that are arriving here. Some that aren't sure if they have anxiety or not. Some that know that they have anxiety but don't want to take a pill. Some people that um, are trying to find something to get off the pill, right? And that's what the teacher is, right? So you've got people at different stages of the process of acceptance, denial, whatever. Um, And it looks like you're trying to reach those with the what is, can anyone practice, how is, but what if you transform those into particular like learning steps? Uh, or think of that very specific test we keep referencing, Austin, if you remember it, for the, the migraine thing, yep. right? It's the same thing. Um, do I really have a problem? One. Number two, uh, what techniques can I try? What techniques mm-hmm. are out there? Number three, you know, okay. And then finally, do I need... Um, professional help. Um, Again, people don't like pills. People don't like that approach. Mm -hmm. This could be a great way to lead into it, but you can't lead in. You're trying to appeal to one group at the very end of a cycle. 
how do we build, I guess, plant a cherry tree in the backyard and pick from it later? So that's, that's the thing. Use your navigation strategically. Get rid of the banners so they can see it. Do everything else that Lauren and Taylor are saying, mm-hmm. and then you've got a shot. And then the other thing I would do is test your um, credibility. <laughs> I guess the, the mm-hmm. people that you're using as customers. You don't like the Beatles? Well, I, Paul McCartney, to, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily have as much credibility for an anxiety medication more than other things, or an anxiety treatment. Honestly, that's some of the feedback we got from the audience. And Rose, you submitted this. Uh, one of the big questions we got is, why in the world are <laughs> two members of the Beatles on the top of your page? And so, yeah, there's a quote from Paul McCartney, but when did he become the expert on anxiety? Well, he was, I think he was very into like the um, different types of um, modern medis- or med- meditation and things like that. So maybe there's a connection, but obviously from the audience, it's, it's, it's a loose one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one other thing that we see coming to the audience, and I think this is just uh, really helpful for you, Rose, because you, bu- you, you have hundreds of marketers giving you this feedback. It's not clear what you're even selling immediately. I mean, right. this, whole, this whole page is testimonials. You're doing, great on the, like, you're doing great on the credibility side of things in terms of establishing credibility, and you've got to do that in this industry, but you really don't quite know what we're talking about yet. You've got the, so some of that information in the what is the TM technique, uh, can anyone practice building the problem for what this is, at least bringing some mm-hmm. context, kind of what we talked about in one of our experiments earlier. Bringing some context to this would probably be helpful. Bring some clarity that's needed. So I'm going to move on quick. We're going to try to get, again, go through as many of these pages as possible. Here is the next page. It is, man, we're just all over the map here. Spy Gadget Online. We have an eclectic mix in our audience. This is from... uh, Hanaku, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. These guys should definitely partner up with the last one. We've what does it say at the top? We'll go back up. We'll go back up. We'll go, we'll, we'll go. We have the solution to your concern. There you right go. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's we're dealing with anxiety here. That's the theme, right? Yeah. So sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, so, uh, John, any thoughts on this page? Gosh, you give me a second to look at it. Well, before um, you go though, <laughs> let me ask the audience. I haven't done that in a moment. The audience, look at this page before you hear any, because I don't want them to sway your. Th- we got a nice welcome to live chat pop up going on here. Um, let me ask you this. How would you improve this page? Look at this page right now, scrolling down. How would you improve this page? Way too much going on, says Daniel. Too complex. Way too... So three people back to back. First, three comments are way too much going on. Where do I go, says Mark? Heavy colors. Hard colors. Two people said the same thing right after each other and... They're not even talking to each other. So that's indicating of what's going on here. So, uh, Tara, go ahead and minimize that live chat. We should have the live chat live. That would be fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what would you change uh, on the page? How would you change your page right now? <laughs> the world live right now. <laughs> the world's largest live chat. <laughs> or, set a record or what are the most frequent customer complaints yeah. that you get? <laughs> that's a great way to learn for testing yeah, as well. Right, right. So looking at this page, John, now you've, got a, uh, you've had a moment there. What's your gut say? How would you improve this page? Where do you see the opportunity? First, let me say something you're doing right. Protect your home, protect your business, protect your children. Mm -hmm. Good. You're trying to, and I can see it. I mean, yeah, I got lost in that picture, this week's special price, but what if you reversed those? What if you reversed the order of those? What if you started in the left with those three and then had your featured product? Because I understand that sometimes you need to feature something. Um, I don't know if you've got more than one there. I mean... You got a cool gadget, um, but what if you cycled through three products that actually related to those three? Here's one. Here's the most popular Protect Your Home or the newest Protect Your Home product, the newest Protect Your Business product, the newest Protect Your Children product. And honestly, if you've got a large B2C following, start with Protect Your Children. So let me ask you this, John, because you said that's well. Why do you think, like, what's good about that, the Protect Your Home, the Protect Your Like, what's the principle? Why do you think that's good? Managing multiple customer types. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a homepage. You've got probably multiple sources of traffic, multiple uh, keywords coming in, and they make products for all three groups. So how do you lead them to that product selection more of most effectively? How do you get them there so they can make a decision on one product or even five? Good. Right. It's and and those three sections now. You're not leading me there. There's no headline. There's no sub-headline. I'll leave you guys some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but um, I'll just say that. You know, you've got a good start, but you've got to really have a good start with that. We just start the conversation. Have a headline, sub-headline. Do a little management. Maybe swap it up a little bit. And now you're getting somewhere. What good. would you guys do? Good. 
I mean, my first thought is you picked out what I liked right off the bat on the page, the exact same thing. Um, I call it self-segmentation, but letting the customer direct themselves where they need to go. Kind of like uh, the same approach in a brick-and-mortar store. If you walk in the store and you don't, if it's your first time in that type of store, you better have some clear signs directing you where to go. So I think that's a great point. And, um, and, and just, let me just point this out, audience, because we had that test earlier in the quarter where we talked about multiple columns versus single columns. Why that's effective here is because we don't know a whole lot about, about the customer. We, you know, we, there's potentially multiple personas coming to this page. And when mm -hmm. you have cases like that, to your point, Taylor, we're wanting to give them the ability to self-select. Right, mm -hmm. and when we, what we typically call competing calls to action are no longer competing because someone knows if I want to protect my home, my business, or my children, and they know which of those three buckets they fit into. But if it's watch a, you know, watch a video, sign up now, and start your free trial, that's where you get competing. But here, that's not the case. I think the other thing is value. So for me, Spy Gadget Online does not immediately click with security. Mm -hmm. It for me, it's more like it's more creepy. cool thing. Well, cool mm -hmm. things that like you know I don't necessarily need. It's not necessarily security. So I think it's really important that you make that connection quickly in a more uh, primary value headline or uh, something like that. Is that a seven hundred dollar rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, Okay, yeah, whatever Lauren was saying about I don't understand exactly what's benefit, here you go. Why would I pay $700 for a rock? Um, yeah. The image isn't doing justice to the fact that I was just reading it. It's, it's some sort of camera built into the rock. a rock, mm -hmm. uh, which I know you're being facetious, and I know you know that. But the point, the point, uh, Haniku, is that that image, it just looks like you're selling a $750 rock. <laughs> yeah. So uh, be careful of that. Again, it makes sense to us. Like, it's your business, you know that the rock is a camera, but to your customer, it, it's not that clear. Show it and use. Like, use a graphic or something that mm -hmm. you can tell that the, the rock is watching something, you know, watching someone walk up to your door or something like that. You could seriously have some fun. Actually hold the person with the rock. <laughs> yeah. but, but seriously, I mean, there's a serious aspect to that because that will, it might be like, what? But it'll get their attention. Then they'll see the, oh, you see what I mean? Like... You could go overboard, overboard, test it. Yep. It's, you're, saying, you're doing the same thing that Lauren is suggesting here, which is provide some immediate understanding of value. Yeah. And so one final point I yeah. wanted to make about that yeah. is that I think we're linking all, all great things here. And um, we talk about value proposition, how it can enhance motivation. So we're looking at these distinct groups. Like you said, there's a disconnect between spy gadget and security. Right. But the one thing we don't want to forget is to how can you ramp up uh, motivation with regards to value information about why do you need surveillance equipment? Yeah. Are there stats out there? How many homes a year get broken into? Things like that that might be able to enhance the product category as a whole versus and would disseminate across all products versus just for each specific product, right? Okay, reaching the people that don't necessarily know they need this yet. Yeah. Increase the importance in the mind of the customer, not, you know, just leave it as, here's Absolutely. a product that'll help you, you know, with home surveillance. That's good, Taylor. All right, guys, we are, we're running low on time. I want to pull up one more page, audience, and this is a, uh, I think it's the page, yep, let's go ahead and pull it up. This is People. Your favorite, Lauren. PeopleHR.com. This is interesting. Hold it, wait, hold it there, Taylor. Don't scroll down yet, okay? People.com. Uh, Look at this page now, and without scrolling, give me some comments on this page. I think that's one of the biggest things. You don't necessarily know that you can scroll here, so we need to assume that this is the only information that people are going to absorb. So the headline reads, People is made of all the bits HR has been missing for years. It gives us, gives, it's us giving you the stuff we never had but wish we did. So that is very vague and unclear. Yep. It offers zero value in my mind. Um, so we need to be a lot more specific here. Yes. Um, what I noticed about most of the pages, it uses a lot of company speak. So it's very um, market plus words, and we need to make that more specific and more appealing and valuable. What I think they do well is imagery. They do a great job of showing in-product imagery that adds a lot of value. If you scroll down. If you scroll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and scroll down. We'll show the whole page. But you can't assume, uh, Sat, this is from Sat, that people are going to even know that you can scroll down the page. Because uh, it doesn't look like you can when you first come to that page. But here's some of the imagery that uh, Lauren was speaking about. You know, probably a good gut check for your copy is if... Uh, 
you know, somebody like me or Lauren can actually read it yeah. and, and say it. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but, I mean, you've got, to, you've got a brand name, People. Now, if you go back up, go back all the way up, guys. Um, people TM, trademark. Yes, I know. Okay, now I know. But People Rewards Ambition. And like I thought they made a typo or some kind of mistake because people was a yeah and you know just the size of the text too against that background cool background cool design but I can't read it not only when I try to read it I think that I'm stupid because I can't actually make it sound (laughs) grammatically right um, so, I mean, uh, and then you got your two, you know, start a free, get a free trial. Watch. Why would I want to watch a video when I can just get a free trial right now? Mm. It's just, yeah. This is the case of competing calls to action. Let me shift you real fast, okay? Because you guys are pointing out a lot of flaws in this page. It's great. You point out the images, which is good. What would you do immediately in terms of a radical approach? Let's say we, let's say we took this page and we just burned it. We got rid of it all together. What would you do to this page? How would you approach it differently? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, my point is, I'm not sure you have to get rid of it, but I'd let someone, I'll let someone else talk to it. There's a few things I definitely like on the page still. Yep. I mean, I think, I think the long page is, is good. It kind of walks them through. But if our KPIs get a free trial, we may, we're kind of get, giving them a product tour and then asking them to do a free trial, which is kind of the same. So maybe pick one of those things and either give them the product tour and then have them buy it or kind of cut that information and make them go into the free trial. But the main thing I would do here is squish this banner so we can see that you can mm-hmm. scroll and make a much clearer headline that you can actually visually read. That would be, hands down, the number one thing I would do. Yep. Any thoughts? Final thoughts? Reg Online homepage. The, not the new one, no. The one that we had been featured in experiments. Yep. There's your product tour. There's your headline, sub-headline, mm-hmm. copy, your free trial. Right, everything you even tested starting with a video bombed. Um, use that as a model. I think you're going to achieve a lot of what we're talking about as a start, and then see how it does. But if I can only change one thing, get rid of the background image, so I could and then change the you know, font to black. I could read it, and then I can continue to process. Even if I can't understand what you're saying, I'm going to want to scroll. Yeah, and you might even, just like John said, you might be able to bring some form fields on the page and things like that to reduce friction. Test that out. See how it works. But then the one thing I, I, I like about yeah. the page is people is made of all the bits HR has been missing for, year, for years. Um, what are all the bits HR yeah. has been missing for years? I mean, I understand having to write catchy, short copy sometimes, but break that out. Maybe that's your value proposition right there. Yep. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for live optimization today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Thanks, awesome. audience. Hope you found that valuable, taking the principles and the discoveries that we've been learning over the past quarter and applying them to our page. If you like this kind of web clinic, let us know. Give us feedback. Even right now, you can provide. Let us know if this was helpful. Would you like us to do this every so often to take the principles and apply them to your pages? Uh, or what, what could we do to make this even more valuable to you? Our goal here is to help you cash in the key learnings that we've been making over the quarter. Now, before I go, I'm going to set up another test. Okay, so don't leave because I'm going to test your marketing intuition right now. I have a clicker. Here it is. And I'm going to jump to the test right now. Here's the test. You can see the background slide on the screen. All right? Before, before you go... Test your intuition here. So we're working with an independent. This is a really interesting test. All right. Some of you will have this challenge. Okay. An independent vitamin manufacturer distributor and their goal was to increase the revenue on the page. Here is what they're dealing with. They're dealing with multiple products. Okay. Many of you have multiple products you're having to deal with. We looked at some pages just a moment ago that had multiple products. And here's just the standard typical radio button format for each of the offers. So here's version A. We took this and we tested it against the common, a popular matrix uh, kind of layout of the products. And, and, and not just the matrix layout, but a matrix layout that actually pre-selects one of the products. So let me show you them side by side. Products are the same. We're just changing the way we're displaying them, the way we're managing them. Look at these two pages. Marketers on the line. If, you were, if these two pages were given to you, which of these would you go live with? Which of these would you launch? Look at these. I see a lot of responses. Which do you think is going to generate the most response? B, B, A, B. I see, I see lots of Bs. I see an A. I see, it's kind of like what we did earlier. I see lots of Bs. A lot of people are going for that matrix-style layout. Well, if you want to know the answer, the answer is... That's right. You guessed it. 
to find the answer to this test. We're going to talk about this test and many other tests next web clinic when we discuss managing multiple customers, managing multiple different products. That's what we're going to be looking at next week. Uh, we're going to look at different ways to present them, different layouts, etc. So if you're on this call and you have multiple products and you have that tension of trying to figure out how to organize them, how to lay them out, how to sequence them, you're going to want to tune in to the next web clinic. In fact, you can go to the URL right now, marketingexperiments.com slash multiple products and sign up. I know how your time works. Oftentimes you are interested in something like this, but then you're just your week gets crazy and you forget about it. Right now, set it in your calendar. You want to be a part of that. We'd love to have you on here. Again, we're going to be trying to do live up on those clinics as well. So here's the deal. Thank you guys so much for being on this clinic. Uh, it was a joy to have you. Thank you, panel, for jumping in and doing live optimization. Like I said, hope you found it valuable. Um, we are constantly running experimentation. We're constantly running with uh, different things on mobile, with different products. You've seen some of our experiments. If you have a question, if you have something that's just like interesting to you, you want to discover something, consider potentially uh, engaging us in a research partnership. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to make you aware of the opportunity. We're, we're looking for companies that want to uh, experiment, that want to discover, that are aggressive just like us. And maybe you have some questions that we can try to help answer. So if that's you, you're interested in it, you can check that little box in the survey after the webinar. Again, thank you for your time. These web clinics are free, no charge. The only thing we ask is that if you found value in it, to share it with a friend. We're trying to build a community of transform marketers that are not satisfied with just best practices. We want to know what the customer thinks, and we want to test it. So thank you for your time. I look forward to seeing you back here in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments Live Web Clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.